Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, also know that heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Florida State missed the playoffs and knew it was time to exit the ACC. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Buckeyes fan who held his breath for the entirety of the Jeremiah Smith saga. And with me, as always, is AJ. All bowl games should pour the sponsor's product on the winning head coach, Marchese. It's absolutely correct. It's it's still a national phenomenon. It's amazing still. It's not getting old, Rob. No. When, when they pulled it off at the Scooter's Coffee Bowl, that's when I knew. It, it'll never die. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who jumped, bumped, and dumped during the first wave of bowl games. Let's... Seven... 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Driving out to Casey, maybe Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by the Gasparilla Pirate Festival. It's a large parade, and it takes place every year since 1904 in Tampa, Florida. The centerpiece of the festivities is the Parade of the Pirates, which is, a fr- which is framed as a friendly invasion by the crew of mythical pirates Jose Gaspar, also known as Gasparilla, a popular figure in Florida folklore despite the fact that he did not exist. Wait, what? <laughs> oh my god. Is this, <laughs> like funny about, is this like funny about Santa? So, I mean... I shouldn't have said that this time of year. That's pretty rude. But yeah, just just like finding out about uh, it's way worse. Exactly. Um, I I love. I think there should be more pirates, more pirate themed bowls. More Absolutely, bowl based around actual events taking place in those cities. How about that? Absolutely. Um, I guess what would you dump on the winning head coach at the Gasparilla Bowl? I guess we'll find out in a, in a few hours here, but. Uh, eye patches? Eye patches, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, you know what they'll be dumping on the winning head coach of the Senior Bowl? Reese's Pieces. That's correct. Yeah. Nagy nailed the, the sponsorship yeah. down once again. <laughs> uh, we got a couple Senior Bowl acceptances before we dive into uh, our college football week one bowl week superlatives. Um, okay, I'm going to read off the offense, and then I'm going to ask you something weird. Okay, I'm excited. It's way better <laughs> okay. than just like, pick a guy. Texas receiver Jordan Whittington, Tulane receiver Jaquan Jackson, which they poached from East-West, Penn State tight end Theo Johnson, Oregon State tackle Talisi Huaga, Oklahoma tackle Tyler Guyton, LSU center Charles Turner. When they tweeted out Jaquan Jackson, they said he was a running back. Oh. That, was in that just Ohio, an intern's mistake? In, or like? I don't know, because then I like was reading the replies, and only I think only like one person replied and was like, does this mean he'll be working out with the running backs? And no answer. And like, I would generally guess it's a mistake, but like his, I mean like, he does kind of have that scat back skill set. Yeah. I think it's bizarre, and I, I, I'm going to assume it's a mistake, but I just thought that was really strange. It's a good good point. Usually Nagy will come out and like beat his chest, but like, yeah, scouts have been telling us this kid's a running back for three years. That's true. That's hmm. Interesting. Um, I think Whittington, if we're still talking about this, I think Whittington's an interesting addition. I thought maybe with the season... You know, the, the way the season went for him, I, I was a little surprised that he got the nod. 
but I, I'm a fan of his game, so I think it's a it's a it's a fun it, get. It's not like his play dropped off. It's no. just that they brought yeah. in AD Mitchell, and so his targets went down <laughs> a little bit. But he's had a really good year as a third receiver. Um, yeah. You know, and I actually just read Bruce Feldman's piece, uh, which I think they talked to Big Twelve coaches about like Texas versus Washington or whatever. And they were saying that Whittington's like the the hidden key to the offense because he does all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he's just a guy that scouts love for a day three guy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was a big fan of him. Yeah, me too. I, I'm a fan. I I was just a little. I thought he'd be more of a shrine guy, and uh, I'm, I'm happy he's there though. I think that's a good chance for him to kind of shine because, like you said, it's just been overshadows a little bit. My uh, my confidant was Juju Smith Schuster. So no, oh, thank you for uh, adding the Schuster in there. I didn't know you're talking about. Also, the offensive line group right now on paper for yeah. is insane. It is. I don't know that it'll last because there's like several first round guys in there, yeah. but holy smokes. But I think just um, even if it doesn't last, it's still going to be a great group because it just speaks to the strength of this draft. Yeah. Defensively, we've got Oregon's Brandon Dorless, Texas linebacker Jalen Ford, Washington linebacker Edith Juan Ulofosio. And Mississippi State linebacker Nathaniel Watson, who is also a Shrine Bowl poach. Uh, do you have any weird questions for this group? Um, Doorless, inside or outside? He's kind of that tweener body. He is that tweener. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I think he's going to he's gonna be a star. Uh, I, th- I hope he's going to be. I think he's going to look great there. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see what he comes in at. Because I mm-hmm. think he, he, he progressive like... He initially was playing inside at Oregon. Like the last two years, especially this yeah. past season, was more of the a an edge, I guess. But he also would still kick inside. I, I I'm guessing he's in like the two eighty five range. Yeah, I wonder if the weigh in will and like his week there will kind of determine how uh, yeah. yeah what he, how he's going to play what he's going to play. Uh, that said, I, I fully expect him to you know be taking reps inside and outside unless Jim comes out and says otherwise. But yes. They've asked him to work with the fullbacks this year. Um, okay, East West Shrine Bowl. All these guys could get poached by the Senior Bowl. Who knows? Just two on offense. Colorado State tight end Dallin Holker and Penn State tackle Caden Wallace. I think Holker's a really interesting one. He yeah. Did, like, Colorado State didn't play in a lot of big games, but in that Colorado game uh, early in the season, he was unstoppable. Holker had a huge year, of course. Yeah, I, I haven't dug in on Holker yet either. I don't think he was on our summer radar too much from my recollection. No, because he had – he was like their number two tight end. He's weird. So he started at BYU – like in 2018 was his first year at BYU. Then I think he was on a two-year mission. And then he was like um, your boy Isaac Rex backup. Mm-hmm. And then like last year he was hurt and then he transferred to Colorado State. So weird career path, older prospect. Yeah. He had like looked like a big bodied wide receiver with his yeah. movement ability. Interesting guy for sure. I think that's a that's a guy that could come out of. I, I know the buzz has already you know been building for him uh, quite a bit, but um, that's a guy that can come out of that week with like um, with big buzz, especially because the, the tight end class is still open. You know, but, yeah, the senior tight end class especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, we've got Clemson Xavier Thomas Gramblings, Sundiata Anderson, uh, Notre Dame's Javante Jean Baptiste. Indiana linebacker Aaron Casey, West Virginia corner Beanie Bishop, Nebraska DB Omar Brown, and Washington DB Dominique Hampton. Uh, Aaron Casey's like our guy, I think, right? Because he just comes big up in time. big time, big 10 games. Yeah, we've mentioned it before. He showed up huge in the Michigan and Ohio State game. I think uh, a couple others too. Like, yeah. Like, just in terms of pure college football player, he was one of the most underrated players in the yeah. country this year because yeah. against Ohio State in, in, in the opener, he was the best player on the field, including. Marvin Harrison in that game. Um, and then against Michigan, he was like the only guy doing anything. Like, yeah. he looked great against their two best teams. I like Lucas. Yeah, yeah um, Lucas. I do like Lucas. But, um, no, I, I yeah, I like Casey. He's, he's got something to him, and I think he's going to have a good mm-hmm. week there. Uh, Beanie Bishop's a guy I like, too, and I, I think we both like Javante Jean-Baptiste. We do. Um, surprised Xavier Thomas doesn't have any more eligibility. I was actually just reading something about Talia, um, which takes me to our notable NFL draft declarations. And I was trying to figure out if Talia Tungvailoa had, because uh, he opted out, but I was trying to see if he had officially declared. And uh, apparently he is seeking to transfer, but he's out of eligibility, so would need a waiver. That's funky. And like Mike Loxley was like openly talking about it on the radio. Like, the, oh yeah, we sat down, we had a discussion. This is what he's trying to do, basically. 
Interesting. That'd be fun. I mean, I think like each, I know he's looking to transfer. I think each team should be able to give like a guy an extra year of eligibility just like for fun. I don't know. I'm guessing you can see the discussion on the timeline. I saw um, Chris Vanini and um, Bud Elliott talking about how theoretically are we going to reach a point where if a guy keeps getting graduate degrees and he's still enrolled in school, can he kind of have like unlimited eligibility? Why not? I, why not? Who cares? Like, well, if it's a guy that's not going to have an NFL future, like, well, I don't play. Like, there needs to be an age years. limit. There needs to be an age limit, I think. But, I mean, there isn't now. You know, like, a, if you have eligibility, you can come play in any age, of course, right? So, yeah, I think I think, I think think they should be looked at and restructured. Um, a couple of the key declarations, though. LSU's Jaden Daniels, Oregon receiver uh, Trey Franklin, Tennessee running back Jalen Wright, Florida State running back Trey Benson, Notre Dame running back Audrick. Esteem, uh, Penn State tackle Olufashanu, Oregon center Jackson Powers Johnson, and Florida State edge rusher Jared Verse. A lot of chalky names in there, guys. We always knew we were going to be in this class. Um, I, I think Jalen Wright's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a guy that, interesting. yeah, definitely a guy that. Can, I think it's already started a little bit, but I think will be a big riser through the process. I feel like I've just been repeating myself so much this year, but the running back class is wide fucking open. It looks so wide open. The most. I think since you know since we've started doing this at least probably, um, and he's got the big time juice. He's got a good chance to uh, to be one of the. He has a shot to be one of the first running backs off the board. He has a chance. Yeah. Um, the running back class is maybe the most unclear position. By the way, let me say this. I know again it's early. I haven't dug in, but uh, properly at least. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people like dogging the class but i still think there's a lot of talent it's just there's not the top end dogs you know yeah no it's, it's a fun class it is it's it, it's it's you know it's not it's not Bijan and gibbs but it's 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 i think it, i'm not i don't know if i want to say good but it's still a talented group all right let's get into our uh bowl week one superlatives Slim pickings. Yeah. Um, In terms of, which makes it fun. I find it more fun that it's uh, less obvious choices this week. There's a lot of guys that, uh, I don't know if they're real draft prospects. That we'll be talking about, but yeah, it's, it makes, that's what the first week of bowl season is all about, baby. And, um, of course, dumping things on coaches. Best freshman. Tell me, I had a handful. Well, there's, there's one clear answer, Rob. Of course, it's Caden Velkamp, <laughs> Mister uh, the the anti nepotism, the syllabo nepotism king, baby. Uh, <laughs> the Helton family in shambles, but uh, Velkamp came in and he's the he's the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He um, single handedly yep. turned a bad bowl game to one of the best, maybe the best so far. Through through five touchdowns. The, the the most insane thing about his day against Old Dominion to me was the fact that not only did he throw 52 passes, he finished with 19 carries for 53 yards. And he didn't start and, the game. Yeah, and, and like this was, they were in a hole because uh, Helton's son was terrible and they finally brought him in and he's this it's like 6'6", 230, clearly athletic, and he just went to work. Uh, you mean Helton's nephew? Well, it works both ways. That's what I was just trying to get at. Yeah, Turner Helton was awful. Um, and Veltkamp was amazing. And I, I don't know why he wasn't. Well, I do know why, but I don't know why he wasn't the starter. Well, I hope he's in the portal and he played the game despite being in the portal. I hope he stays at Western Kentucky. Yeah, they're they're running that air raidy scheme still, and Austin Reed's off to the NFL. Velkamp's a really fun quarterback to be running that team because I feel like generally we've seen, like, not even just at Western Kentucky, but Austin Reed, Bailey Zappi on the smaller side, the mm-hmm. less athletic side, more pocket passer. But Velkamp's huge and athletic. <laughs> He's a strength and conditioning coach's son, and it shows. And uh, yeah, I love it. That was fun. Yeah, he was wicked. Um, I'm also going to throw another quarterback out uh, from last night, Byron Brown. Yeah. And the South Florida quarterback who, him and Alex Grohl, Basically re- reignited yeah. uh, the Bulls in, in year one. They go seven and six. He set the school record for passing yards this year. Um, 
goes for 214 three scores against Syracuse. They blow the doors off Syracuse. Uh, really, yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun athletic quarterback. Uh, also ran for over 800 yards with 11 touchdowns this year. Redshirt freshman. He, uh, in this Tennessee style, like Golsh came from Tennessee, in this mm-hmm. wide open offense, man, Byron Brown's going to be one of the best uh, G5 quarterbacks in the yeah. last while here. South Florida's a team to. Like the, I would not want to be playing them next year. I mean, they they gave it to Alabama a little bit. They and did that was before their offense like really came together. Like that was because their defense was so good. <laughs> I love that the Bulls are back. I, I I've always had a soft spot for the Bulls. I mean, I wish we got how new of a program they are. By the way, just because if like they came in like just before we started watching college, you know what I mean. But anyways, um, no, I, I Byron Brown was a ton of fun, and yeah, I, Golesh obviously immediate immediate hit for the Bulls and. Yeah, that's a lot of fun having a first-year head coach and a first-year starting quarterback and seeing what they can put together. Yeah, but that's another guy. He's, he's just a lot of fun. He caught a pass, too, was running the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, that was, that was both of them. Second-year guy, like you said. But, yeah, both of them a, a lot of fun. In the, do you have any more quarterbacks? I thought they were kind of like this two-star study. No, that passers. was it for freshman quarterbacks. Me, too. I, I got I got go into a bigger program, going Power 5. Um yeah, it's, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, going to Texas Tech, I thought their uh, edge, Amir Washington, was, yes, was showing one a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like in that that mold of like the, the shorter but stocky Texas Tech kind of pass rusher, six two two seventy five. Um, had had three sacks in the game and four DFLs and was kind of just padding it. They they were without Miles Cole. They were mm-hmm. without Steve Linton. Yeah, uh, two. Like the NFL players, yep. And Washington stepped up and helped dominate. Cal offense that looked good early, yep. They uh, put him down. Yeah, Jaden Jaden Ott was really cool. I uh, I'm shocked I didn't put him down. You know, for anything like. Uh, well, I did. I'll, I'll talk. Um, okay. Also, how about Prince? And in, in this is confusing because it's pronounced Strong, and I didn't know that until his brother caught a pass recently. Prince Strong, which I used to pronounce as Strachan. Michael Strachan's little brother, like Sean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Pr- Prince, uh, like his brother, Boise State receiver, like his brother, has huge uh, catch radius. Was making just a couple like big catches over the middle against UCLA, where I'm like, that's a tall drink of water. Um, you say that a lot, though. <laughs> I do, I do constantly say that. And uh, Boise State gonna be like. Really interesting. We're gonna be watching them next year because Ashton GNT is gonna be one of the top running backs. Yeah, and this guy, this guy might end up being uh, one of their top receivers. I only know Strawn because there's a, there's a road in Toronto that's Strawn Avenue. It's spelled the same way. Um, so cool. <laughs> it's so sick. Um, and yeah, Boise. Yeah, I think he will be because Boise's losing some guys to that position too. So that's a good pick. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go back to the Mac. I thought Ohio running back Ricky Hunt. Was showing showing some four touchdowns five in that touchdowns. Game. five yeah sorry four on the ground yeah um, 115 yards and was their offense and that's pretty I, I love Mac running backs Rob they're just they're yeah. just one after another now and he he hadn't touched the ball. no he had only touched the ball in one game against Bowling Green in September and because of roster attrition yeah. He had to be the lead back in this game and he went off. That's so strange that like you know. Ohio's a very solid Mac program, very good Mac program, but that they have a guy that, you know, doesn't touch the ball all year and then goes off in a bowl game. It's such a that's what makes college football he's gonna, great. He's gonna lead the Mac in rushing next year. You calling it? I'm calling it. Mac okay. the Mac should have a good group. Assuming yeah. none of these guys turn pro, the Mac should have a good group of running backs next year. For real, yeah. There's a lot uh, of them. that was it for me on freshman. Yeah, me too. Uh going to sophomores, I mean there's been so much talk about Bloodlines, right? Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison, uh, T- Tyson Helton's nephew, you know? <laughs> Bloodlines everywhere. Yeah. Um, in the Celebration Bowl, uh, I, Howard versus Florida A&M. Howard running back, Eden James. Edger and James's son. Now, it wasn't like a huge day, but early he looked good, and, and, and it was a really wild game. Uh, but there's something there. Ran for 55 yards against a really talented Florida A&M defense that has um, the had the SWAC defense player of the year, uh, and um, ran for 600 yards this year as a sophomore. Like, are we gonna be? T- he ran for 400 the year before as a freshman. Like, he's gonna be the lead back next year. I don't know. I just love how many sons are. You know, I feel old, but I just 
terrific. Especially after National Signing Day. When, yeah, like, no. Devin Hester doing like there's a bunch of guys though, man. Um <laughs> It's gonna be bad when like there's guys that like we remember getting drafted drafted kids. Like that hasn't happened too much yet, you know? Yeah, Frankor Senior was just like a couple years before mm-hmm. our time, I feel like. But for, yeah, so that would have that would probably be the closest where we saw like pretty much all Frank or Senior's prime, and now since yeah. he drafted this year. Yeah, um, yeah. You stop, you stop. Upset, okay. I, I am upset. Um, <laughs> the passage of time, Rob. I thought I didn't have too many sophomores, but I, I thought um, Louisiana's Jalen Clark, the corner, just kept their making. Whole <laughs> yeah, his whole offense on defense. Obviously, I had the pick six, which was like. Such a goofy throw, but he came like from like eight yards deep and like that just was a goofy game. Yeah, it was a. You know, <laughs> I don't like. I, I, it's almost like he knew the ball was gonna get there. It was fu- it was weird, but yeah, go on. Is that, was that the goofiest? I like Old Dominion Western Kentucky was insane. Yeah, but I'm not gonna call it goofy. I'm gonna say this: uh, the Louisiana Jacksonville State overtime game was the goofiest. It's a good. <laughs> it's the goofy <laughs> best. I think. I think the Flor- South Florida Syracuse game was insanely goofy. It was just. An awful game, too. But it was just, yeah, it was just so one-sided. Like, I, I'm just telling you, when R plus L carriers get there, yeah. goof is going to ensue. I had the fumble recovery, too. But, like, a big, long corner at 6-2. Uh, athletic, interesting guy to watch. And, uh, yeah. Um, UCLA running back TJ Harden yeah. against Boise State. Remember, buckle 5-2 scores. I like Harden. Kind of, like, um you uh, served Carson Steele down the stretch. I know mm-hmm. Carson Steele didn't play in this game, but there was a lot of Carson Steele buzz heading into this year, and, and by yeah. the end of the year, like TJ Harden, kind of felt like more of the lead back. Yeah, UCLA kind of had like two of the most disappointing transfers on offense. Save the other one for later, though. Come on, chill. Not not disappointing anymore. No. Um, I also put Jaden Ott here. I know like it wasn't his best game. Yeah. But he's literally Cal's entire team. I love Jaden so much, but yeah, that's, I just I, thought he was gonna go like, off. I, I, that man, like everyone should do what's best for them. But I am shocked he did not hit the portal. Yeah, but I guess at the, at the same time, like it's kind of sick being like by far the best player. You get every touch. Like you ran for thirteen hundred yards this year. Um, and, good, and tech- good school too. Like I'm sure he's, the education's part of it. Oh, okay. Sorry, Ber- um, Brickley just slipped it's me a, a very 50. Michigan thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Ott, though, uh, like Texas Tech clearly knew, like, the, if you stop Jaden Ott, like, yeah. he's still, like, 45 yards on the ground, 55 through the air. They let him return kicks trying to spark the team. Like, so you got to respect. I just, like, you, you got to respect, like, the commitment um, by Justin Wilcox's staff to just, let's just feed him. He's clearly our. The more our you say this, player. the more obviously he should never transfer. And you're right. The man um, had 36 carries in a game this year. In the game before that, he had 27. Like, they just feed him. I love Jaden Ott. He's, he's going to be a lot of fun. I, that's a guy to, to get out of town, though, next year for sure. Like, just just enter the draft. Yeah. Um, any other sophomores? No, we can move it on. Okay. Weekday Warriors tough when it's, like, half the games on the weekday. Not really. But, like, it was so heavy. St- we don't have how many bowl, how many bowl games have we had? So it's not that many games. It's, like, 10. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, and they're all most of them on Saturday. So, but I mean, just in terms of a regular week. Oh no, I usually watch more weekday games. I, I'm addicted. Actually, to Actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, I think you're right. Like, two matchins Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotta. I gotta hide myself. Okay. But I think there's a there's a I don't, maybe not clear. I, I I had two guys on the same team that I, I picked here. Okay. I put Dalvin Smith down. I did too. I, 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 went, I went Dalvin Smith and Malika Corley and gave Corley the nod just for playing. <laughs> that's, yeah, a that's, warrior, that's a warrior mindset. But yeah, Dalvin Smith, I thought clearly, yeah. like performance-wise, absolutely. Poor Malachi Corley was only in until they were like, wait, it was smart, let's pull him, like we're down by three touchdowns or whatever. And now let's put in Velcamp, our secret weapon. Like he didn't get to really play with Velcamp. <laughs> no, he didn't. Like imagine Malachi Corley's stats in this game if he got like even one quarter with the belt man. 400 yards we're talking, I think. Yeah. Like, and, and so Dalvin Smith, like, on paper, nine for 77, but three scores, and yeah. it was the way he was doing it. Yeah. Every, I think all nine catchers were, were one-handed insane circus grabs, or felt like, like the, at least. The the one where, like, he he's running a drag, and he's wide open, and, and Valkyrie, <laughs> like, not, not on him at all. Oh, my God. He put... <laughs> 
high and late, and he, he just goes and, like, Odell Beckham's it yeah. in stride, doesn't break stride, one, like, never brings his other hand onto the ball and runs in the... It was kind of like if the Jordan Addison Bengals touchdown was high and yes. low. Yes, that's a good comparison. Uh. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the other one where it, it was like, uh, what was it? It was like a big deep fade, and I, I feel like the DB was holding his one hand yeah. and just skied it. Yeah. He was amazing. He was. I think he could have been offensive prospect of the league, but yeah, probably. <laughs> and you know, a guy who like we've talked about before, like he's a a very solid player. Yeah. Um. He he's got another year of eligibility, so I imagine he'll lead the country in receiving yards with development. The film. Yeah. They'll be they'll be leading in passing and receiving. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he was just awesome. He was awesome. But yeah, I thought they were clearly. I, I mean, I gave Corley the nod just for just for going out there. I just. He, Especially when Austin Reed didn't. Absolutely, yeah. He like I thought that that would kind of go hand in hand, and uh, I mean, if if anyone should have opted out, it should have been Corley over Reed. But yeah. Oh, come on. Um, well, look, if, if Reed put up the Veltman's numbers, he'd be talked about in the first round right now. That's a good point. Yeah. Let's go. Let's jump to best offensive prospect. This is this is great because it's the the first week wave of bowls. It's like we've got like three Power Five teams that played. And I'm ignoring them. And they're, like, not even, like, good Power 5 teams. And, like, most uh, of their players opted out, yeah. So it's a great opportunity to look at different prospects. Um, but, and you didn't go with a Power 5 guy for offense? No, it's lame. Okay, okay, okay you tell me. I go with Rasheen Ali, who I just thought looked like the best offensive prospect. And, I mean... Uh, I mean, he had, like, one big carry. In the that's all that matters. He's explosive. I just like seeing him. I don't get to watch a lot of martial football. Uh, I should. I know. Nine carries, 92. Like you said, one big run. But I think that just speaks to his game, baby. That explosiveness. Uh, obviously, you know, missed last, like, I think all of last season, right? Um, or most of it. And then I know he's he's been back. But just seeing him in, in full go, I know it's only nine nine carries, but... It was still good to see, and I think he uh, just the explosiveness was the best. Fuck power fives. Um, yeah, no, that the that sixty four yard touchdown run, which I believe they said was his uh, career long. It seems kind um, of surprising. He felt like he, or two years ago, felt like he, was, he had so many long ones. Yeah, um, was like the perfect what he does on those yeah. those outside zone, get north south, and like the the instant burst was just so flashy. Yeah, I put him for shooting up the board. Um, Nine for ninety-two, and would have been a lot more against UTSA, but the uh, Charles Huff smartly said, "Like, yes, just reel them in, yeah, yeah." Um, he's a big time like Shanahan system running back. Yeah, it's just like looking around which which teams need him. Is uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up. Is all I'm trying to say there, Rob. I'm gonna go with the guy who I think was the most talented offensive prospect to take the field uh, outside of Malachi Corley. Um, I think. Uh, and that's J. Michael Sturdivant, who was unfreaking real in the L.A. Bowl against Boise State. Too little, too late, Rob. Help lead, help lead a comeback uh, over the Broncos. Um, it was a lot of early for UCLA. Colin Schley was about to start and ran for a bunch of yards. Got hurt. Ethan uh, Garbers came in and was just throwing deep bombs to uh, Sturdivant, who... <clears throat> Finished with just four catches for a buck forty-two and a score. Uh, that's kind of his games. The, yeah. The, like not a ton of catches, but big time plays down the field where his ball tracking ability, his body control, uh, his ability to to win vertically and stack. Like he had this one down the sideline that he didn't score on, but um, he, it was like almost put on the wrong shoulder and he still tracked it. And managed to get get it with his fingertips uh, and get his feet down. It was almost like the JSN touchdown. Um, it was, um, and uh, the, the 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 big touchdown to him was like a similar play, yeah. where he just tracked it so well. I think I tweeted it out on our account. You did, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and just like into the bucket, Garber's that dude, man. Um, and then like a, both both the other catches were like big over over routes for big chunk gains. Um, but I just think like. He is going to. I know it was a disappointing season with kind of what a lot of people are hoping to see from him entering the year as a potential top five receiver in this class. He's uh, assuming he's not going to turn pro. He gets another year in this system. 
if just under 600 yards this season. Like he could enter next year as uh, one of the five best it, prospects it, theoretically. Yeah, I put him. Sh- I, I put him number one shooting up the board. It just felt like the perfect like. He really needed to end the season that way, and like you kind of hit everything there. He just looked like I expected him to look all year, right? And because well, who who's it was the the opener against Coastal, right? Yeah, he was, he was amazing. Could stop him, and, yeah. And that was entering that game. It, it came with the hype of this guy could be one of the five best receivers in the class, yeah. and it's like instantly looking like he's living up to it with a new program. Week one, it was both him and Keon Coleman looked unreal immediately for both their teams. Like, okay, these two are going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, you, then, we know how it went. He, yeah. he was, like, fine, and then he just, like, dropped off a cliff for, like, a four- or five-game stretch. Mm-hmm. He had, he had like, under 60 receiving yards over, like, one, two, three, four, the final five regular season games. Yeah. And then, like, and then the, goes for 142. Even though, you know, they've, they've had three quarterbacks playing, and you can name them all, uh, the UCLA passing game can never was never consistent, and I think that speaks to it. Um, and I think that is a uh, part of why he, you know, his his stats struggle. But I thought even the play wasn't. No, he had drops and stuff. Yeah, he, he like it was a bit of both. Yeah, he had a lot of chances, like in that first stretch, where like when I was still watching UCLA to make the plays, and he wasn't making them. Tough plays, yeah. but you know, plays that like a top five receiver would make. And well, yeah, but you're right though. This is the perfect assuming he just goes back. It's like it's like when a, a team. Um, a good team wins a bowl game in a really like meaningful, mm-hmm. powerful way, and then they kind of ride that hype in the next season. I feel like he can ride this hype into being viewed as one of the top twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I still love Sturdivant and um, hell transfer again. Um, who's your top defensive prospect? I thought this was a lot more difficult, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with a guy that is the king of or the 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 prince of stuff in the stat box was the king. Of Old Dominion, the Monarchs, and Wayne Matthews, the linebacker, and just just stepping up with the opt outs. Um, well, Henderson opting out—that's his name, right? Off the top of the head. Um, yeah, Jason Henderson, the King. <laughs> Fourteen tackles, a sack. Um, it had a, a knockdown too, and it was just it was just all over the field for the, for the Monarchs, who obviously, you know, uh, were dominant early, and then I—that's I, when I wrote this. But he still played a fantastic game and. I just thought there was like no real standouts on. I got one. Like, okay. I mean, I I thought he was the best guy who's viewed as a prospect defensively that played. Like, so uh, he might not even be drafted, but I thought Mike Mike Abraham was yeah. really great for Marshall he was. against UTSA, and like it took UTSA figuring out not to threat yeah. him to to come back in this game. Um, he had he had the interception early on where where uh, it was like cover I think it was like cover three like or like bail coverage or something, and he like was playing the receiver perfectly with his back turned to him, mm-hmm. track the ball interception, uh, and I, th- I think they threw at him like two other times. We had PBUs. Uh, he he was just like on his game. I put him for um, like after shoot event shoot of the world. I couldn't go double Marshall Rob. Yeah, he had the, the dropped interception where he, like, mirrored the curl route perfectly. Um, he's the son of Donnie Abraham, which I did not know. Me neither. Uh, former Pro Until, Bowl yeah. defensive back in the NFL, um, who's actually, I think, the St. Louis Battlehawks defensive coordinator. That's it. Um, but, yeah, really, really fun game. And uh, a guy who I, I think could end up at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. He's he's really good, and he had a fantastic game. Absolutely. And and I like spent most of that game trying to figure it out at, because uh, uh, Jeff McCown's son uh, was playing quarterback for UTSA, so I was trying to figure out if Donnie Abraham ever picked off Josh McCowan, but he hadn't. Oh, it would have been great content if he had. It would have. Sorry, so you didn't get the, those eight likes. Yeah, it would have been sick. I would have that dopamine shooting up the board. So I had Machine Ali here. You had J. Michael Sturdivant here. Um, I'm going to throw down a, a guy we kind of called a shot on when we were talking about App State Miami Ohio game. And, and we said this is – he's not, like, talked about a lot, but this guy I think is the best App State prospect. And that was UCF at transfer Caden Robinson. Yeah. Who, despite, like, it being the rainiest game I have ever seen – Outside of that, like that Notre Dame hurricane a few years ago, that was the best um, game. <laughs> he he got eight passes for 118 yards and like like so rainy he couldn't wear gloves and 
Finished with over 900 yards, 10 touchdowns this season yeah. for App. Um, Joey Aguilar, their quarterback, and him, I think, have a chance to be one of the best G5 combos next season. Uh, really smooth 6-2 receiver. Um, I thought he, he was just popping. Yeah, even in the year where App State was down, it felt like they at least finished with a bowl victory, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think going into next year, obviously I don't think Robinson declares, but – uh, I think that he could be one of the you know higher end uh, G five receivers and in going into the season and come out maybe on top. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of talent there. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with another G five receiver who had a fantastic season and that's uh, Joshua Cephas for the Roadrunners. Meet me who went out potentially with a uh, with a fantastic game. It's just another another feather in his cap. Seven catches, one hundred two touchdown. Uh, a little ho hum from him. He's been so consistently good this season. Uh, for an offense that, you know, was a little up and down at times. And I like Cephas. He, he, it, it, he, I don't know. You were, we were, I don't know, a little unsure going to the year. And obviously, like, the, they've kind of had a f- funny season. It, it finished strong, but it, a bit of a funny year. Not as, I don't know, not as good as they hoped, or at least it didn't start. Anyways, Cephas is really good is what I'm trying to say. And I just, I like seeing a guy go out there and stamp in potentially his final game um, with that type of performance. Um, a, a guy who had some buzz as a potential top senior running back and kind of went by the wayside because a sophomore on the team was really good this year. Yeah. George Solani had a phenomenal game against UCLA. He was keeping the Broncos in it. It was big, like, just one cut, break every tackle vibes with him. Like, he had this one run where he broke, like, six tackles against UCLA. Uh, he kept ripping off these big runs, and not because he has some big burst, because he sets up his block so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had a 45-year catch and run uh, where he broke a handful of tackles. Finished with a buck 30 on the ground, two scores, 45 through the air. Um, was the Boise State offense, given their quarterback situation. And yeah. They, they were, like, clearly, like, didn't want to run Ash and Gene into the ground. Yeah, I, I put Olani as a prospect who made me look stupid. Uh, <laughs> I put the fork in him a couple of weeks ago, and I wasn't a fan of his in the summer. But I think this performance is like exactly the type of game that people who are a fan of his, uh, you know, exactly what you, you like to see in him. Like you said, it was breaking tackles. Um, like a, a really good uh, yards per attempt clip for him, like compared to usual. That's <laughs> still a dig. Um, and a couple touchdowns, like you said. Uh, yeah, no, Holani was really, really good. And yeah, I just, I'm still, I'm still not the huge fan. But that, that's another, that's another guy that's just a really great way to finish his career at Boise. Yeah, for real. And uh, a guy who might not get drafted, but I would not be shocked to see him on the NFL roster. Yeah, he's just that type of makeup. You know, that's a guy that will. He's got that built to to stick for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who else you got? I thought uh, let's let's just, I, I, we've hit a lot of my guys, but I'll get a couple more. And I just thought that the the UCLA guys that we talked about going into the game on defense kind of all had their moments. In uh, uh, the Murphy twins, uh, speaking of way to go out, those two combined for nine tackles, two and a half TFLs, exactly. Sacks, PBU, exactly. Um, yeah, two guys who like. It's hard to know if they'll get drafted because they're built, so they're kind of funny. Yeah. But, like, man, I just feel like those guys are going to play in the NFL. I do, too. Yeah, like I you said. I don't know if they, they may technically have more eligibility, but. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's hard to know anymore. It, it's impossible. I can't wait until we're past the COVID eligibility years. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Murphy, Murphy and Murphy were fantastically like kind of said that. And also, I thought Darius Musa was really good, too. I'm going to push back. He was my top sliding down the board. He's. In a, he, it was fine. Holoni was freaking goofing him in space, and he kept pl- playing himself out of position. He was making plays, though. He had a couple TFLs, but like yeah. he kept like uh, t- uh, taking himself out of position, like um, losing his his run fill responsibility, and then like Holoni would cut back and he'd run. He just like doesn't move that well. Mm-hmm. That's what I, like, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought he kind of struggled a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, someone who I do love, and I, I was talking to you about him the other day, uh, Daquan Evans, the South Florida nickel, who uh, who had like three sacks against Bama, yeah. a big strip sack against Syracuse, and yep. it was returned for touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Syracuse is a disaster, but he's a he's a ton of fun. Yeah, oh, that's another guy next year. You have yeah. fourteen TFLs. <laughs> he's he's he still has eligibility, right? I mm, yeah, I think he's a redshirt senior. 
But oh. he probably still technically does. <laughs> does he? I don't know. Who yeah, knows? so I think he has one year of eligibility if he wants it. We'll see. Who, who could leave? Who could leave Tampa at this point? Um, I'll give you another one. How about the? Uh, how about Sean Atkins, the receiver? Baby he was making a bunch of plays uh, for for South Florida. Baby, yeah, I think he, he technically is a year of eligibility left too. I think so too. But it's another guy that's plate. I think he's got he's got career records there at South Florida, and he's breaking a bunch of them in six catches, ninety three yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Lock on, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And it looks, certainly it. looks like it. He <laughs> physically, yeah, but he's number thirty-eight as a receiver. He's awesome. He's, he was a ton of fun, and he was, the, I think, one of the best offense players in that game. I mean, Syracuse had no offense, uh, but after Brown, the next best offense player in that game, uh, the best draftable player in that game on offense. Yeah, I thought Atkins was a ton of fun, and he, he came out and we talked about him before the. I don't. I think maybe off show, but and he came out and was we're making so, plays. So he's talking about. Oh, he's sick. Yeah, well, I think we did all our stuff before to talk off show. It, of course. It's, it got too spicy. <clears throat> Do you have anybody else? Uh, no one that matters. No, we can move on. It's <laughs> kind of offensive. Um, so, as I mentioned, I had uh, Moussao sliding down the board, but I also had a couple more defenders. Um, those are, it's hard to be critical this week. But yeah, please. Th- no, not for me. Um, I thought, like, Patrick Mink Morris, the Cal safety, San Diego State Trail. Yeah. Um, I thought, like, really good game against the run, but, like, Texas Tech, and uh, mm-hmm. we've seen that Texas Tech quarterback who was bigger recruit than Patrick Mahomes. We've seen him play before and not look very good. The Cal defense made him look good. And uh, I thought McMorris just looked a little bit stiff in coverage. I'm, I'm nitpicking just because, like you said, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard right now uh, for sliding down the boards. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that could have stood out. He looked like a bit of a San Diego State safety. Three TFLs, though. He was coming down and making plays. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, he looked good against the run, but like they were getting after yeah. the secondary bit in coverage. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, how about how about my guy Diego Pavia? Kind of doing doing a good throw in the ball at least. Uh, Eleven for twenty five, under hundred yards a pick. Had a couple plays on the on the ground. Had a touchdown, but um, I mean, again, it's kind of I don't know where we're really gonna who we're really talking about this week, Rob. But yeah, uh, Xavier Carlton. That's uh, yeah, someone. Yeah. Like he didn't create a lot of pass rush, and I thought he yeah. had a big opportunity to go out and make some noise, especially after how he looked against. I think it was against Stanford in the mm-hmm. season finale, and a guy uh, you know I've been patting the table for. Yeah, I thought that, that's a that's a good one because I thought he really could have, like you said, stamped it at the end and uh, didn't. I I thought Cal was gonna, I thought Cal was gonna show up a lot more, like all around Me though, too. to be honest. Um, yeah. Anyone else? You? I don't. I don't know what else. Really. Davis Brand. Come on, man. That's, He's that's really struggling. Then, then he got back into it. Uh, kind of let a couple scoring drives, but he had like three turnovers and immediately mm-hmm. put him in the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they came alive a little bit, but it was still not well. How about, how about Sam, hey? How about Sam Wiggles? Was a little disappointing. How about that? They didn't uh, need it though. Not when Ricky Hunt's going on. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's everybody for me. Um, out of nowhere. You know what I thought was a lot of fun? I mean, he's not too out of nowhere. He's, he had a really strong season for uh, Fresno State, but the running back, Malik Sherrod. That's fun, because I went with a different Fresno State player here. That's, that's per- good perfect. Yeah, undersized guy, but you, he's in the undersized scat back role. He's jittery as hell. 90 yards on the ground and 81 through the air. Was making a lot of guys whiff. Uh, like I said, had a really good season, but kind of like if you're looking... I don't think he's a draftable guy, but you know, one of the, one of the scat backy guys always find their way onto you know onto a roster somehow, and he's in that mold a little bit. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, and, and the quarterback uh, for Mikey Keen, Mikey Keen, who's yeah. also undersized him. Yeah, so he's, he's a I believe a redshirt sophomore, so two more years of eligibility. Like he had a great year for Fresno State this year. For I put UCF. him. He looked good as a freshman at UCF. I put him for transfer. Yeah, like he's. In two years, like obviously he's undersized, but if he gains a little bit of weight, like he's he, got he's some arm to him. Interesting. There's something yeah. to him. Yeah, like he's really good off script. Um, Every time I watch Fresno, and which is few and far between, I don't think I watch any conference games. Uh, every time I, uh, yeah, he, the arm, the arm pops, and like he stepped in really well, and like he stepped in really well in that offense this year, and obviously he's capped it with a really good performance against uh, the, the the mighty Aggies, but. Yeah, no, I, he's an interesting guy. 
Um, prospect who made you look stupid. You said yours was George Lani. Uh, yeah, and I'll give you one more. How about my my son? I said he was going to be the next Tommy D. Oh. Dan Valari actually got a look at quarterback. <laughs> way too much quarterback. I couldn't believe it. Um, and it was it was horrific. But that's an insane spot to put him in. I respect it, but it's crazy. Uh, but he's going to be tight end, tight end one next year, so it's okay. I don't, um, I don't know if he's got eligibility, but yeah, I think he does. I think he's a Richard sophomore, technically. Yeah, right, right, yes. Uh, I'll go with Vonnie Watkins, uh, who had two sacks against Georgia Southern. And it made me look stupid because I just forgot about him when we did our bowl break. Not that he's like some big prospect, but yeah. pretty solid pass rusher in the MAC and a guy we talked about over the summer. And I just forgot him when we went through our prospect in each bowl game, so I felt stupid for that. It's a lot It's a lot of names to name, and sometimes you forget names. I think I do it every week. Don't defend me. Um, who's your prospect versus prospect matchup? There's a lot of them this week, so you're gonna like this. Okay, Rashad I didn't have Amos, okay. Amos versus himself <laughs> because Miami of Ohio, who dead down to their third and fourth string quarterback, and the pouring rain, they're just feeding him, right? Yeah, he's 33 carries, 180 yards. Like, nobody can tackle him. He's so big. South Carolina transfer, he's 236 having a heck of a game, but it keeps fumbling because it's so rainy. And the, yeah. I think in the end, there was 11 fumbles in the game, but he had three of them and lost two of them, and they lost 13-9, and it like, actually mattered. I was like, he's the only reason they're getting anything going on offense, but the fumbling is hurting. Mm-hmm. Him, so. That's it. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, like, I, was, I was like, I want to put him as a shooting up the board because he had a phenomenal game, and I'm like, but the fumbles I, were a huge issue. I put him, it was. I put him small school guy, and I was going to bring him up there, and... Um, because I don't know, he just felt like the staple for small school guy down the stretch for us. So I, I wanted to honor him that yeah. way. But and, yeah, and, and we were talking about the Mac running back, uh, the Mac running backs in the Mac next year. He's he's gonna be one of them. He's just a he's like a mm-hmm. fourth year sophomore somehow. Um, so this <laughs> two more years. Uh, that's sick. I uh, I put uh, I forget what I put. Um, I, I thought like we kind of touched upon some. I know Taj Brooks is going back, but he is a real. Draft eligible, like yeah, draftable guy. Right. He's he had a good game against Cal, and I just thought him against some of those. Like we already talked about McMorris and Carlton didn't have a strong game either, and kind of that's those guys. Ca- yeah, that's what I put. Brooks looked good, and um, yeah, surprised he went back on. We didn't talk about it too much. A little surprised he went yeah. back, but uh, we'll be one of the top ish senior running backs next year for sure. Prospect who I play the box score. I'm going to stay at Texas Tech here and go with Dadrian Taylor Demerson, uh, their safety, who I thought looked, he, he got um, Cal's opening drive touchdown after the football and the kick. He, he kind of got, uh, he bit on some play action and kind of allowed the touchdown. I was like, oh, well, there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be desperate looking for sliding down the board. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> and then he looked great the rest of the game. Um, six tackles of PBU, so they're not super popping off. Uh, but Look really good. Uh, Shrine Bowl guy. It's a good one. Uh, I really didn't. I don't know. I didn't have anyone good. Uh, give me give me another name. Veltkamp. You know, you, you said damn the box good. score looks good, but he played better than that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Rashad Wisdom in his last game. Three tackles, but he was, he was he the heart and soul. Hurt, and he left hurt. I, I don't think he did come back. No, no. I don't think so. Either. For a guy. That's, uh, that's how not about, so much. How about Nick? Uh, what's his name? Nick Ford? No. Troy Toon, the corner, or you know yeah, yeah, he yeah. Pick. He got hurt, but he stayed in. That's poor UTSA yeah. just kept getting hurt. Yeah. Um, prospect who's being overhyped. <laughs> okay, is it just in general, or is it does it have to be so? No, I took it as in general because no one this weekend. <laughs> no, you you were overhyping some guys. I was I overhyped Darius Musau. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, there I'm you go. with Bo Nix. Because oh, he was that's... top 10 on a draft next board that I sent to you. Yeah. And I feel like Bo Nix is a very, like, very easily overhyped for some reason. It's just like, like, I like Bo Nix, but man, they're overhyping him. The fact that, like, people thought he might win the Heisman. Yeah. Um, look, it was just not a good year for, I'm going to, I'll forever say it was just, like, such a weak year for the Heisman. It just, no one, no one really deserved it. That's my, that's my take forever. Yeah, um, if LSU's defense was, like, slightly better and they went 11 games, you wouldn't it's not Jaden Daniels' fault the defense sucks. No, it's not. It's not. It's just like, uh, it's not the time for this conversation. Um, yeah, and, and I also, not to uh, name names here or anything, but that website that that was posted on is strange. I don't know what that website is. Um, you know what I'm talking I, about. I also don't know. 
But it has a lot of followers on Twitter, so yeah, it's very weird. I clicked on the main page and it was not sports. Let me just no, 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 no. It's really weird. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I, I, you know what? Okay, I wanted to talk about this multiple times this year, so this is a good as time as any. Um, I watched a little bit of BYU this year, and I don't think he he played bad, but it's still surprising me that Kingsley Suamatia is like first round talked. I know he's got all the goods, and I don't know. I've, I've I didn't dig into this this year's tape. Um, I kind of wanted to bring this up a couple times, and I go back and watch a BYU game. And I'm like, he's looking good, so I don't want to push it too much. But I didn't think it was a big step up. Um, Especially I think tackle. that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I think he's a bit of a project, and with how fucking good this offensive tackle group is, I'm surprised. I'll, I'm still see. I guess I haven't looked too much recently, but in, within the last month, still firmly like okay, 29th overall to the Dolphins, Kingsley. You know what I mean? Over and mm-hmm. over, and I'm just like. I think that's just still like a remnant from the summer. Now, this is not me hit, like dogging him too much. You're really, you're spending a lot of time on this for a guy who didn't play. I didn't even write this down. Um, <laughs> just, I just wanted to talk about. Just angry. <laughs> multiple times this year, I wanted to bring it up, and this is all I had to talk about. So, yeah. All right. Drake, What's your take? Uh, no, I want, I want your take on this. I don't know. I haven't sat down and watched. I don't. Know oh my god! It's a really good tackle class. What do I pay you for? Big athletics, so people love them. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Transfer who popped on the scene, I'm going with Jalen Gill, who is an Ohio State transfer to Boston College to Fresno State, former top 70 recruit. Had a nice little game against New Mexico State. You, you can see the athleticism, the yak ability. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I put uh, Mikey Keene. What's this Fresno is going to be back this year. Not nah, next year. I think that's the take. Yeah. The, well, they, they were supposed to be after losing Hayner uh, in, in co. They were supposed to be like people thought they were gonna have a like a really big time rebuild mm-hmm. year, like maybe not even make a bowl, and they obviously way over uh, performed. Yeah, nine wins. Like, that way, and, yeah, taken and, absolutely. And I think like yeah, Mikey Keene was obviously a huge part of that, like immediately finding a Hainer replacement. But like, I think Keene is gonna be one of the best uh, G five quarterbacks next yeah. year. I, I don't know about draft and eligible. We'll, we'll save that conversation for later, but um. Just on the field, I think it will be. And they bring back a lot of their, their top guys. If you're talking about Sherrod, he's got a really good ability. Yep. Degree, so. yep. Interesting group. Um, small school guy who caught your eye. Yeah, that's where I put Rashad Amos. I only put him because I thought he was just deserving of it, and we talked about that already. Uh, who else you got? You can, you, there's so many small schools. So, so I, I took it as, uh, this, so this week, what was the smallest of schools technically? It would be the Celebration Bowl because they're yep. FBS. Yep. So I went with... Florida A&M tight end Kamari Young, because he is—he just looked so much bigger than, and more athletic than everybody else. He's six four two forty five tight end, and was moving. Had three catches for seventy yard, seventy eight yards against Howard. So not like dominant, but like I just was like, man, that guy looks like an NFL tight end. He had over four hundred yards this year. Um, I like I don't know what he is in terms of prospect, but he was popping. It's a good one. What's the? I think is Jacksonville State the only school we haven't mentioned. It's got to be right. Yes. Sean Brown only had one catch, so that's, I think that's where else we would have talked about him a lot he got more. Ejected too. Yeah. He left, <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. Um, is fun. Good one. Web is a ton of fun. Yeah. There you go. That's my small school guys. Web. Uh, can't wait to get into the Gasparilla Bowl. 